those who know me, you know that a daily routine is vital to my health. You know, from my meditations, my prayers, focusing on what I eat, getting my walk and my workout in. But the one thing that's been consistent for five years is I make sure I listen or read two to three minutes of good news a day. Why? There was an amazing study from Harvard from one of the most popular psychology professors, Dr. Tal bin Shahar, that said if you listen or watch two to three minutes of good news a day, you can actually lower your cortisol levels, which reduces inflammation and stress, the things that I needed to do. We are so proud, we are so honored and excited to announce our partnership with the one and only Good News Network. GNN has been number one on Google, Bing, or wherever you search for good news. So do yourself a favor and make GNN.org part of your morning routine to get your daily dose of good news. I think I needed something like COVID. I think I needed something like what happened to my girlfriend, as sad as it was. My girlfriend even, I think, needed what happened to her, and she's realizing it now happened. You know, she needed that. I needed that. We all needed it. Because even though she suffered, her suffering allowed her to create and find herself as well. Find what she wants to do for her life, right? Find what her purpose will be. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Living Good Currency with Tony. And Tobias. How you doing, buddy? Every day I get up for this reason, bottom line. That's no cap, bro, those facts. I've been given an opportunity to experience life in its fullness and to be able to be a part of the conversation means everything. It does, and these days I appreciate all your support, the subscriptions, the sharing, because it allows me to keep hanging out with this guy right here. These conversations are so impactful, we know, because they're impacting ourselves and we're hearing from you, so we appreciate it. Today's a special day, and you're going to hear that coming from me on each of these episodes. Why? Because we're, we are truly blessed to handpick and work with the people that we're bringing into this conversation. And this young man, I've had years of awesome, inspiring conversations with, which I wish I were recorded, so now we are. Now we're here. Emmanuel Kelly is his name. Emmanuel was found in Iraq as a baby half-dead. Imagine this. In a box, a shoebox, no birth certificate, no passport, no identity, nothing short of a miracle he's alive today. Emmanuel was later taken to an orphanage, later adopted by an amazing humanitarian, Myra Kelly, mom, as she's often referred to as, and which she moved him and his brother to Australia. Today, Emmanuel has become a media sensation after his Australian X Factor audition went viral. Viral. He captured the heart's imaginations and inspired over a billion people. One billion people. Those views in that video, you cannot be impacted and have tears. And actually, the song he sang was Imagine. Imagine. A young man named Chris Martin. Yes, Chris Martin. Heard and watched this video. And the only thing I'm going to tease out is I heard a man who's going to share some exciting news with us on today's episode oh, let's get to it baby emmanuel kelly what's up brother what's going on lads <laughs> oh man it's so good to see your face man it's good to see you it's good to see you tobias hey brother how you doing man good man your hair looks amazing <laughs> listen emmanuel we are we are honored to have you on enjoying having your presence in this conversation which we find so important you know which is really thank you man vice versa thank you brother as someone who's had you know, the pleasure and privilege of speaking with you uh, for hours and hours and hours and days and days and days. That, uh, I want to bring our audience into this conversation 
And you are someone who I've admired from the moment I met you, bro. And Thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Of course, man. And I know a lot of times when you've done interviews, people start with your, your, your past and then get your way up to where you are today. What I, and not that, it, not that the past, actually the past is important, I, and we will reflect on your past, but this specific, one of our goals on this show is to explore not only how people have overcame seemingly impossible obstacles, situations, life experiences, but also what are the key lessons and takeaways so that all of us can learn from them, right? I mean, and so there's no one else I could think of that would be better sit right now with than you. And what I love to do is start this conversation out with a question, a frame of mind is something I struggle with, which is how do I define myself? And a lot of times how I'm defined when I look back is how other people have defined me rather than how I define myself to myself. And so if you agree, I'd like to know how do you manage to stay focused on your definition versus the definition of others? It's insanely important for you to define yourself, not based on how others define you, but how you want to see yourself every day, right? And so, you know, for me, the way I did that is I just kind of looked at the mirror and I asked myself a question that I, I, I saw, I saw um, which was based on a quote that Wayne Dyer wrote, and that was, it's not your business what anyone thinks of you. And that was it. And so I'm like, all right, well, then if it's not my business, who the hell's business is it, Wayne? I kind of wanted to ask him that, right? And I think the reason there was no finishing to that quote was because I had to figure out whose business it was. And the reality is, no one could tell me it's my business. I had to figure it out for myself that it's my business, right? Only it, it only matters to me what I think of myself. And if I define myself as a good person who loves himself, who embraces the differences and the diversities that are, you know, in my life and the differences of my appearance, then I think creating your life definition or your life purpose is just something you kind of talk about a lot to me all the time becomes a thousand times easier, you know? And it's funny, actually, I've only, you know, you and I have known each other a long time, right? We've known each other a good six years, probably right now, maybe even longer, seven years. And, you know, you introduced me to one of your best friends who, because of him, I'm allowed, you know, I was able to stay in the US, you know, and, and, and things like that, right? So you've been in my life a long time. And it's funny because only probably in the last, and there's a lot, you know, as a human, I've made a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of mistakes that I'm going to have to rectify in the next years and, and, and forever in my life. I mean, that's just part of life, right? But only probably in the last year, I've actually, and more so in the last probably six months during COVID, weirdly enough, I've been able to really define the person I want to be and the person that I can become and my purpose in my own life, right? And, you know, everyone thought that I always knew my purpose and this is my purpose to do this, to inspire, to whatever, but it's more than that. And I've only been able to figure that out you know, in the last six months. 
and and through that allow to define the person I want to be and what I want to become. And now others define me the way I see myself. Does that make sense? It makes total sense, brother. But that's why I asked that question, you know, which not even anticipating that it's changed in the last six months for you. But I think hugely. Can we dive into that? What what has changed and how does situations in your life shape your definition? Yeah, I think pain and frustration mixed with happiness and goodness and all that sort of stuff is definitely an amazing stimulus to ask yourself the question, am I living the life I want to live and am I living the way I'd like people to embrace me? And, you know, there's that saying, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. But I think in order to do that, you have to embrace who you are, treat yourself the way you want to be treated and then allow others to see you in that mind frame for them to treat you the way you want to be treated as well. So, you know, I, I, I think for me, it's just become, you know, my, my girlfriend's gone through immense amount of suffering. You know her, you've met her. She's incredible and huge empathy and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we've been together for four or five years and, and I've, you know, in the last year she's gone through depression and anxiety and, you know, almost killed herself on a numerous number of occasions to the point where I'd have to, I'd have to, you know, sleep on the floor just to watch her all night and it's not much sleeping you know it's just watching her I I got involved in her life in a big way to try and help her get out of that we took a separation so she can find herself and we're still in that in that mind frame but yet I love her to bits and she loves me and we know there'll be a time for us to be together so things like that certainly you know kind of repurpose you I had a huge tour lined up where millions were supposed to be made and was going to be made and amazing people were going to join me on that tour, artists from Chris Martin to, you know, Jordan Sparks and so on and so forth, Leona Lewis, et cetera. And that had to be canceled because of COVID hit. You know, we released a single and that didn't do great because COVID. And, you know, and I kept blaming, oh, it's COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID. But sometimes these things happen because they're just not meant to happen in that moment or they're just not meant to happen in the right time or meant to... Uh, you know, have you re-asked the question on why you're doing what you're doing? And, you know, incredibly enough, 10 years, it'll be 10 years next year that I will enter into the industry wow. um, after X Factor, wow. right? That's, that's 10 years, you know, and, and there's a saying, it takes 10 years for an entertainer or an artist in the industry before they're actually... Yeah, it's a, I think it's like the 10-year rule, you know? It's it's like a rule. It's an unspoken exactly. rule, right? And and the minute I the minute we were getting to that 10th year mark, hitting June next year will be 10 years officially, and I get a call from, you know, Chris Martin of Coldplay and he says, "We want you to be my our openers for 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 the tour." You know, and so if I had done that tour a couple of years ago, if, or sorry, at the start of COVID, if, you know, my song did successfully well and, and, and 
Would I be opening for the tour? I don't know. Would I be opening for the biggest band in the world? Maybe not because schedules couldn't meet up or a different direction has been taken or whatever it is. But now the biggest band in the world wants me to tour with them. You know, I, I get casted for two movies, you know, one written by Adam McKay and Ted Fields, you know, I, another one starring J.K. Simmons and, and Forrest Whitaker. It's a documentary and I'm the voice, wow. you know, I'm, I'm the voice along with those yeah, two, sexy right? So it's like... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Imagine <laughs> a time where penguins. Did you guys see the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch penguin? Yes, speech? yes, yes. The penguins. <laughs> Emmanuel, hold on a second. We're not going to. No, 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 no. Listen, you just said so much. When you speak on definition and, uh, you know, coming out of an incarcerated space where you are defined a certain way. And now you're in a situation, you're talking about depression, and uh, a lot of us are suicidal, homicidal inside of those prison settings. And so when you say when it comes down to pains and frustrations and trying to balance uh, what you said, happiness and goodness, that really resonated in me having to, how am I going to define myself in this moment? Who am I going to be? And how am I going to project that person daily? in an environment and climate that has defined me and is uh, designed to treat me uh, a certain way. So uh, regardless to uh, how you came to those conclusions, those conclusions really go along with, I guess, our humanity because often people are trying to fit us in a box. They're trying to uh, make us whatever they seek us to be. And when you said the business, and we have to come to this conclusion ourselves, that the business is mine on how I will be defined and how my life will represent that definition until people around me start to define me by my own definition. And yes, brother, we have to go through the pains, the depressions, yeah, we uh, sleeping on the floor and uh, making those great sacrifices. And what we said about COVID, uh, you know, it gave us something that was very powerful, you know, brothers and sisters who come out of incarcerated space, we uh, master quarantines. And so just imagine that. So it wasn't a very discomfort for myself because it's a time for reflection. It's a time for resurrection and to renew ourselves. And I believe you spoke to that when you said, I had all this lined up. We had all this lined up. But if we look at where we're at now and what are we doing now, uh, you know, I think that speaks to greatly uh, what you've offered so far. And, uh, brother, I feel it, man. I feel yeah, no, nah, brother, and, and that's exactly it. You know, I, I mean, you're right. You you are a master at, at isolation in that sense and people that have been incarcerated. And I think also people that are, live in war zones as well or have lived in war. You know, me me living in Iraq and as a child, I mean, that's all we did. We, we, we just isolated trying to, trying to escape mm. constantly, yeah, whether it was in our heads or whether it was in our hearts or whether it was literal, you know? And so definitely it was, it was definitely a, a huge year. It was, it was tough at first, but then it was, and then I kind of took a step back and realized now this is a year of just real reflection and figuring it out. And probably the best thing that honestly came out of this year though, was finding out what my blood heritage was, oh, wow. you know, and where I'm, where my family was, you know, I, I, I had an amazing chat and an amazing opportunity to sit down with the guys at 23andMe and they did a real good scan out and it was incredible. I found out that I'm a large percentage and, and I mean beyond 
30%, 25% Ugandan, part Korean. Ugandan. You wow. know, I found out I'm part black, part Arab, part <laughs> yes, Korean. Sir. I mean, yes, I, I got the whole bloody African-Asian <laughs> yes, continent sir. in me, you know, yeah. and, 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 and I'm a differently abled, mm. you know. And so life begun in those regions, right? And so it was nice to look at it and, and, and kind of take a step back and look at it from that front as well. Like, you know, my, my family... Uh, from the places where life begun, you know, I wasn't just, I wasn't just this kid left abandoned in a box on a battlefield. I had already created my own identity in that sense. It was more now enhancing what that identity is, right? And I was able to do that. So that was probably the most exciting thing out of what happened this year, you know, because I, I talk to a bunch of labels. One of them is, 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 you know, somebody that Anthony introduced me to and, yeah, and they were all saying, look, we're only working with these types of individuals and these types of individuals and whatnot. And and then when I found that out, I thought, wow, you know, this is awesome. But I didn't want to tell them. You know, I didn't want to tell them this is what I am because now I knew I could, I, you know, I am now going in this industry as a part black, part Arab guy, right, working African Arab guy working it, you know, and, 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 and it didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter whether it was a label telling me that I needed to be that or not. It was me going wow. in feeling that identity enhancement, you know, and that was, that was bloody, wow. awesome. you know, that was bloody brilliant. It was amazing. So, so there's this idea to discover your past, which were brought to you by 23 and no, we're not yet. Not yet though. They should. Um, <laughs> not yet. We'll yeah, have to call Twenty three and me, get yeah. on. So, but to understand your identity from someone who was left, as you said, in a box, a shoebox, to die, mm. and you didn't know, you you know, I want to go later in the conversation about your amazing mother to learn about your She's identity. Incredible. How that now, not only you had already felt comfortable with who you are, but then learning about your past and your heritage, not only did it give you some comfort, but it actually now has propelled you into the career that you're focused on. Is that is that what I heard from you? Yeah, but it hasn't propelled me because I've used it per se. It's propelled me because I gained this enhancement of confidence. Like I, I don't tell people that. I don't, you know, I wouldn't, if I'm having a meeting today or tomorrow or whatever it is, I'm not going to, you know, I don't actually literally look at them and say, hey, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, sorry, we're only signing, I don't know, let's say we're only signing LGBTQs or we're only signing Arabs or we're only signing African-Americans. I don't go in there and say, oh, well, guess what? I'm actually, you know, part African-American. So you're going to no, I, I just say, oh, that's interesting. Okay, very yeah. cool. And I walk yeah. away, right? And I just leave it at that because knowing that that's the case, I think just there's this, I think you, you give out a certain part of energy and because they're thinking that way, that's all we're signing, that's all we're doing. The ones that don't think that way but want that in their lives just kind of draw right. to you. Does oh, that make sense? Makes sense? You know, and it's funny because one of those people was actually Jason Flom who said, oh, we're only doing that, right? An amazing guy. We love Jason. And the other day I just did an event for Forrest Whitaker and J Jason was at the event. And, you know, in the, in, at the event, I'm telling a little bit about my story. And, and, and one of the interview, one of the interview questions was, what have you been able to learn in the past 12 months in your life? And, and, you know, obviously I'm going to be truthful and honest. This is what I've learned. This is kind of 
this question. You know, I, I wasn't inviting the conversation. Uh, well, I was inviting the conversation by simply being present, That's right. right? I was inviting the question by simply embracing that this is my identity now, right? But, but, and part of my identity. But it was just a question that was just asked. And I, I, I said it honestly. This is what I found out about COVID, about the situation, about depression, and, and part of my heritage and all this sort of stuff. Suddenly, you know, there's a there's a call the next day saying, hey, we need somebody like you on our label. And I was honored. I said, oh, mate, I'm, I'm so honored. This is amazing. But I'll be honest, I actually don't yeah. need it. You know, because of this, because this is what's happening. This is who I'm working with. This is, you know, I have my own company. We've, we're about to close our first round, a huge round of investment where, you know, all this sort of stuff. And he's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that it happened. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? He's like, you deserve it. And and it was, it was one of those things where, whoa, I just turned down one of the biggest labels in the world because I didn't, I didn't necessarily need them. And then I got a call from Atlantic and different other labels. And now there's opportunity and it just expands. It's incredible when you just embrace and you create your own. That's a great story considering the the, the, the introduction part of coming to this. But I will say, I bet Jason, so Jason Flum is a uh, is someone I introduced Emmanuel to him. Jason wears multiple hats, uh, but he owns his own record label, used to run Virgin Records. And he has now he has uh, uh, Lava, was it Lava Records or something? Yeah, Lava uh, I mean, yeah, he, he, J, Lord, yeah, I mean, he's you know? he's, he's uh, helped launch some of the biggest names in, in in music, and so I introduced him years ago. I feel like to to Emmanuel as someone. Listen, man, you gotta, you know, it's what I, you know, we're known for connecting. connecting so I just connected Emmanuel and Jason. But what I love about it is, I bet you Jason, because he's such a good dude, was on one hand from a business standpoint kind of mad he probably didn't take advantage of the opportunity when he had it. On the other hand, yeah. Yeah, on was, the other yeah, hand, yeah. he's such a good dude. I bet you he was really happy, happy for That's you. Right. He was. He was pure happiness. He actually said those exact words that you just said. He's like, ah, oh, shit, <laughs> from a business front, should have taken it. Yep, you're right. Should have taken yeah. it because we'd be on the Coldplay tour yeah. next year. Woo! You know, It, it would have been great. Woo! Yeah, he right? would. It would have been. Right? All right. And 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 they would have they would have closed in some serious amounts of you know sponsorship dollars and uh, and then and but at the same time you know he was awesome. he was extraordinarily happy and he said he said Emmanuel you know regardless I'm Amazing. happy I, I really am happy and uh, and and we're fr- and and you know what friendship will always last and and funny enough he wants to be involved awesome. in in the company now in some way shape awesome. or form you know and that's. So regardless, you know, there's goodness that just, I think that's what, I think I needed something like COVID. I think I needed something like what happened to my girlfriend, as sad as it was. My girlfriend even, I think, needed what happened to her and she's realizing it now happened. You know, she needed that. I needed that. We all needed it because even though she suffered, her suffering allowed her to create and find herself as well. Find what she wants to do for her life, right? Find what her purpose will be, right? And incredibly enough, her purpose not only is to, you know, create a business and do all that sort of stuff that she wants to do, but also to love me, right? And vice versa, right? And that's, uh, there. I don't think there's any greater purpose than to love another person at the end of the day, whether it's a brother or a mother or a father or a son. You know, she was able to discover that, no, she, she, she wants love in her life and she wants to love. And for a long time, she didn't accept people and didn't allow her people to come into her heart. 
And I was able to now, you know, and vice versa. You know, I, I, I pushed people away. I was very good at that, you know, and, and, and so going through all this in the past year, it was, it was something, you know, and, and experiencing that my brother experiencing him winning a silver at the, at the, at the Olympics, Paralympics, like just things like that. It was 10 years with him. It's been thir- well, technically 13 years since he's been swimming, but 10 years since he's, you know, since he's competitively swum. And so it, it's, it's that 10 year rule, man. I really believe in that 10 year rule now because 10 years for me next year, 10 years for him this year. And I've always, I've always dreamt. I've always said, I pray and I dream that my brother makes it before I do. He wins a silver before I make it and, uh, or achieve what I want to achieve in my life. And he did, you know? And so everything kind of really beautifully played, played out this year. Yeah, sure. It wasn't the, a financially successful year, but it was a life successful year. You know, it really was. When you were speaking on identity, we went from definition to identity. Now I've defined myself, this is how I identify myself. And you're saying the origins of life, the origins of civilization, that now you carry that, not so much as a marketing tool, but as for personal confidence. When you say that uh, to me, and you know, I was big on black revolution and I'm the blackest guy ever until my father informed me that my uh, great-great-grandfather Tubbs was from Ireland. Yes, oh, full-blooded wow. Ireland came right after slavery. Wow. And, brother, I thought, and I found refuge after a long time thinking, okay, I'm not 100% black. Now yeah. who am I going to be and what I'm going to do? And hating someone else is actually hating a very intimate and dynamic part of myself. And it was Bob Marley who said it in coming from a mixed family that it gave him a greater capacity to love the Marley side of his family and the mother's side of his family. The Marley side was white and his mother's side was black. So my point of this, when you speak of the capacity of your wife or your woman at this time, your girlfriend at this time, to seeking to be loved, one star starts seeding other people, other, other, the other is a part of me. So that gave me a greater appreciation for life that uh, I can't hate anyone now because that's a part of my own DNA. No. That's a part of my own ancestry. So I'm going to extend my great, great, great grandfather to those who might be of him. So they're my family, you know. So once we see the human family in that way, uh, I believe that's the confidence that you're speaking on, not so much to be marketed or, or told for some kind of financial or professional gain, but I'm walking in that truth, and that truth alone will bring uh, success and resources and confidence in our lives. Truth will set you free. I was going to say that, or someone had to say that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, brother, that was my only statement. The truth <laughs> was going to set me. Emmanuel, but you said something, and uh, th- there's a terminology that you use, so I'm going to ask you. You said differently abled, and I'm differently abled. What does that mean to you? And I would like to offer to you what that means to me. When I heard that terminology, it, it, it really sounded often to me. So what did you mean by that, dear brother? What does it mean to you? Uh, brother, I'm curious first to hear oh, your man. Uh, Very early in my life, uh, I had a propensity towards signs and symbols, nature, speaking to nature, flowers, birds, living in South Carolina, uh, you know, so when it came down to reading conventionally, I wasn't good at reading. Mathematics, I wasn't good at mathematics. So being that the system, especially in South Carolina, was not designed 
to tend to people who might be more spiritual or cultural or intuitional. Brother, I withdrew in school, and I withdrew just inside of myself, but I was differently abled. I had different abilities, but no one gave me the opportunity nor resources to tap in and to show those abilities. So as the other hundreds of kids might have, then I became the problem. You're not like this. So I became the blunt of the jokes of the teachers and the students. And so uh, ironically, it was in prison where the bar of success was very low. I created an educational program that allowed those of us who seem different but have incredible abilities, as Tony say, superpowers, to thrive in those environments. So the earth became my tool, the sun, the moon, the stars, more natural and cultural and spiritual ways of approaching life. Bro, education does not mean to put in, but it actually means to create the environment to draw forth. So we're supposed to be drawing the forth, the best of us, or what we call the goodness that you spoke on. So when you asked me about being differently uh, abled, uh, it was that box called a cell that uh, gave me the masjid, the, the synagogue, the, the abduct chamber to get deeper inside of myself, brother. When you're talking about being an orphan, uh, you know, we're cut off from parental guidance. We're cut off from our, our families. And so we have to find ways. And we're enough, bro. We're always enough. There's nothing outside of me that I need to succeed in life. Everything that is inside of me must come forth. And so you said differently, able that kind of turn terminology i believe that all of us who don't feel we fit in or uh, we might feel we're scarce or lacking something that is something very powerful and special in us and the circumstances and situations in our lives is what brings that forth so uh yeah that how that language uh, like uh that. resonated with me i like that see here's here's what um here's what's cool about that word Differently abled literally means to live your life in a different way, right? So you live your life in a different way, that's all, right? There's nothing different. There, there's nothing There's nothing limit, li, limiting you in your life, right? See, the word disability means you're limited by your ability to live your day-to-day life. So here's a question. Right? Some people sing in their day-to-day life right in the shower but they're a bad singer so make them disabled right some people uh some people try and do push-ups every day but they struggle to do one that's limiting right does that mean they're disabled um some people are short they can't reach high things so make them disabled some people are better looking than others to the certain Mm. eye Limited because, you know, it might not get them in out of a ticket or it might not get them out of whatever it is or get them into something, a club, whatever. Does that make them disabled? Because it's still limiting their day-to-day life. Those things are a part of their day-to-day life, whatever it is, right? They might not be a fast writer, but yet they work in it, whatever it is. So for me, I don't like that word because... There are human beings, there's no doubt, who are limited, genuinely limited by their day-to-day life, you know, because they are globally, massively globally delayed and they're missing physical features, right? And so they need somebody to do everything for them because they physically and mentally cannot, 
right? Medically, they just cannot, right? Medically, there is nothing wrong with me. Medically, I can do everything. Medically, I can drive. I can help. If I went to prison, I'd go That's to a right. normal prison, just like That's everyone right. else. You're not going to send me to some, <laughs> you know, special prison because, yeah, man, I'd get into the fur, I'd get into a fight with the <laughs> biggest right. man That's in right. there, get beaten up just to just to get some crap <laughs> yes, if I needed to. Yes, Whatever right. it is, hell, I'd use my prosthetic and knock him over <laughs> yes. the head if I had to. The point is, there's nothing limited about my life, right? I'm not limited but to live my day-to-day life. I can do everything. And there's probably things I can do that you can't do, right? That song, I can do I, certain things I can do better that yeah. you can't. Like, I think there's a song yes, about it or yes. something, right? But the point is, right, there is there is certain things I can do that others can't do and vice versa. It doesn't make me disabled. It just makes me different. I look different and I live my day today life differently but i still do what everyone does now do i do it slower no that's what's amazing i don't do it slower i don't do it faster i mean anthony's seen me i mean maybe the only thing i might do slower is run but it's about it if i was gonna race anthony on on a a, and you know race him you know, on ground, uh, on, on a sprint, he'd probably beat me. But that doesn't mean, hey, he'd probably beat so half probably the beat people me. he walks <laughs> this small or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean you're disabled. Now, if I had a crawling, a crawling thing, I'd probably mm. beat him. If we swam, I'd probably beat him in a swimming comp. If we did okay, let's talk, let's get I'd off of me. Let's get off of me. Let's get off of all the things you'll beat me at. I don't. I'm getting. I'm getting beat if, up right now. If, if, we got to climb, if, beautiful if, brother. But if 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 I started, you know, if I took a law degree and focused on, you know, actual sitting down and 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 working, you know, being in a university or college and studying and studying, oh, he'd 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 take me to church on that. Right, because I'm just—it's not my thing. I, I don't do it. You know? So I think we just live differently. That's what differently abled means—to live differently. Yeah, that's and you know, that's where Emmanuel, you become such an inspiration um, in this podcast. This conversation we're having is really to allow people to look in the mirror, as you always say, and to find that um, your superpower. You—you you talked about your girlfriend. You talked who I love. She's so sweet, and. And you talk about, you know, what the lockdown did in the situation that we all faced uh, collectively as, a, as as the world and, you know, still facing as we speak. Um, but one of the things I think about is, yes, I mean, had you not had COVID not happened, had you gone on that tour, regardless of whether you ended up would open up for Chris uh, again or another tour, whatever it may be, you got a chance to not only discover who you are a little bit further, but again, you weren't away from your girlfriend, even if she was there, maybe she would have the time to express to you what she's going through. So, you know, really it is about focusing on the gifts that you have in the moment. And, you know, you're, you're again, another living proof. I mean, um, you said, and the reason why I'm going to tap into this, because you used the word purpose so many times and, you know, you're one of the first people actually prior to Tobias, um, because I've known you longer than I've known Tobias. I mean, you were one of the first Actually, I mean, one of the first people I've ever even expressed to you the concept of good currency. You know, you were the one of the first because I wanted to run by you because I was using this this format and this formula to heal myself. And it was your 
you yeah. listening to me and saying how powerful it was to define the purpose as to do good for yourself and others daily and and then to align your passion. So I, I have to I you know, just got reminded while you kept on talking about the purpose that you were one of the first to give me the courage that this is something special that that we've unlocked. Um, and just to remind you, when I think about you talking about what her purpose is, I mean, is, is there no better capacity than to love yourself and love others. I mean, that's what the idea of doing good for yourself and others daily, that's, that's being of service, right? It's to serve yourself and others, to do good for yourself and others. And you nailed it, man. Like you are one of the first people that gave me hope that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, by the way. You know, and that's why this bond is so great between us is because we root for each other and we see each other's strengths. We and I do. appreciate, you know, um, I just got reminded when you when talking about, I was like, man, Emmanuel's one of the first people I've ever even talked to about this. And, um, and, 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 you know, cause you're, you're not one that just gives in or just agrees. That's what he doesn't do. No, this, this guy will tell you, this is, uh, I disagree with that opinion and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, and so, yeah. you know, you yeah. didn't, and then you actually encouraged me to keep going. And, 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 you know, the we're sitting here today, and me and you've done other podcasts things before. Um, we've, 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 we've talked we to have. groups before. Um, but good, Living Good Currency podcast, this Living Good Currency is, came about right now because of COVID also. I mean, we, 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 this made me rethink Everything I was doing, just like you had a concert, I had a big epic TV show that was going to be shot in Bulgaria on June 1st of 2020. Ten episodes, big, you know, big show, executive producer, and then and, and a feature film in the fall, and that all fall apart. So um, I think a lot of people are relating to, and I think hopefully when they listen to this, they're reminded, regardless, COVID is just an example of life happening outside of your control, outside of your plan, and taking that, breathing, and letting it soak in on why this is happening and aligning yourself to, to that moment. Um, you know, and I, I just, it's, we're going to go back, because now I've got to have some questions about, so the audience who hasn't known enough about you or seen enough could dive into some of your, your incredible things. And you just met, you, you mentioned so much already. You've already talked about your, your, your tour you're about to go on, which is just incredible. And congrats, by the way. Congratulations. Um, but give us, um, cause we're on this, this notion of identity. Um, you know, there's a phrase that, you know, we grew up with sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right. And that's something you grew up with. And, you know, I have two young kids and you try to teach them that, like, I like to think of it like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can always heal me. And, and so, see, I like to, I like to think of it this way. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but I'll always get back up. Words is the only thing that can cut me like a knife. And that's the reality. Words can heal or it can destroy. Right. But someone throwing sticks and stones, you can that's get right. back up unless they're really throwing them hard. That's a different story. But somebody, you know, somebody, you know, throwing sticks and stones, you falling off your horse. And that, that to me is, is sticks and stones, right? Hurting. You losing a toy, you getting hurt, you know, whatever it is, you can always get back up. Words is the only power. My mom always taught me words is the only thing that has the power to destroy exactly. or to heal. Exactly. It, it's, it's one of the most powerful tools that exist. So, but when we think of that, to going back to the beginning part of this conversation, we typically think of words that others are saying to us. 
but really it's the word yes. you tell yourself. Amen. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? It's like words can kill, words can hurt, but how are we approaching ourselves? How are we talking to ourselves? How are we, as you often say, looking in the mirror and allowing these words that, yes, it does hurt. We get off this podcast and if people start trashing it and, and saying that, you know, Emmanuel and Anthony or whatever the word, those hurt, they don't hurt, those hurt. You know, you got sons, that, but you can still heal yourself through words and how you look at yourself. Exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. Anthony, uh, exactly. You know, the worst of words and epithets uh, came along with mass incarceration in California. They called us animals and predators and monsters and, you know, they demonized our parents and anyone who supported us. And they called us incorrigible, meaning that there is no good currency in me. Uh, but I would add this to the conversations. Words don't hurt unless you believe them. There's nothing that any of y'all can ever say to me in my life now to, to hurt me. Why? Because it only hurts when I've told myself that. It's only hurt when you know something about me that I might really want to be working on or something that's sensitive and I entrusted you to that and you sought to use that against me. But as we keep to look, and this is what uh, Tony and I and the team looked at this morning about self-approach, self-appraisal, self-assessment. How am I coming to this space? If I'm coming to this space as a whole person, there's nothing you can throw at me with words, with evilness, with, with, with legislation, with, with sad, inhumane circumstances that can hurt me because I'm not my physical body. I'm greater than my physical. I'm of the opinion, and Tony is, is the same. We've talked deeply. We're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. We're mm -hmm. beings of, of light and spirit and truth. So when we build that, and that's the energy, that's the good currency, that we are beings of spirit, then words of spirit only uphold us and bring us together and, and give that hope in which we're speaking of. Words of love is how we combat those words of evilness and hate and divisiveness. And those words of truth is what liberate us. And even those of us who might need care uh, due to some kind of medical or psychological uh, situation in our lives, we are still experiencing life, as you said, in a different way. I have a new friend, brother, and he's alive, brother, but he speaks on the higher frequencies of thought. He evokes on the higher frequencies of thought, so it causes us to dig a little bit deeper. It causes us to come out of ourselves and expand ourselves to the means in which uh, our brothers and sisters who might not be, who might not look like us or have the limbs that we might have. So we're all alive, brother, so I really uh, thank you for this kind of input and uh, to the conversation, so uh, yeah, that's 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 ringing in me Thank right you, now. Thank you, man. I mean, that's beautifully said, though. That's 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 really well said. I hope, like any successful show, we're gonna have you back on, brother. And don't forget the vision we had once of uh, you oh, doing a concert and having bro. me on there talking hey. about. So now we'll add Tobias. So hey. uh, maybe we'll uh, do a podcast interview. Uh, on one of your concert tours one day because we had vision that. Oh, we've had, yeah. we've had envisioned that's that. That's, that's amazing. That's, that is something that I want to do. That's I something different. That We've I talked about that. We talked about that. Let's envision that. Let's envision that. So I just, yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. like, to put to. that we out there. We need so, to. So uh, you could uh, yeah, have us out there. Have us be on the first uh, conversation on your on your, one of your tours. So, um, but, but 
it would be a disservice to this conversation if we don't talk about moms. I love mama. My mom, 13 years ago, went back to God. Come on now. And she's the one who taught me the preciousness of time. And to take advantage of loving yourself and others daily. Daily. So I love, you know, we're all mama's boys. Let's talk about moms, man. Your mom. Ooh. My mom is extraordinary. Tell me about moms. She irritates the <laughs> hell out of me. Some days I dislike her, but every time I dislike her, I love her even more. Um, because she's always right. She's never wrong. She's pure good. She's saved thousands of children's Sweet. lives. And, and including my own. And I am privileged to have such an extraordinary mum in my life, you know. I mean, she's she's ran projects for Mother Teresa. She's she's worked with her. She's run projects for the Pope, for the Queen of England, for everyone you could possibly imagine. This woman is a this woman is a living saint, and I'm just I'm I'm blessed. I really am. Her name's Moira Kelly. Say her name. Say her name. She's the only person in the world to own land in the Gaza Strip. Hey. She's building a garden and, and a place of love and peace. The next one's in Syria. The one after that is in Dalasama, India. I mean, this woman is a rock star in, in, in what she does, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm blessed. But you know what? People always say, oh, I wish my mum was like yours or whatever, and I said, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't wish it because, because the reality is every mother is incredible. And... and 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 every mother, even those that have you know have hurt themselves or haven't been there for their kids, every mother has the potential to be extraordinary, but some just haven't had the opportunity to be extraordinary. And because I think every mother loves their child, even though even if they don't know how to show it, they truly do love it. But they've just never been given the opportunity to show it. They've never been given the opportunity to sometimes learn how to show it. And that's, that's the world we live in, unfortunately. Well, you know, your story also is, um, you know, your mom also doesn't have to be your blood mom either. You know, there's, there's women who... The only thing thicker than blood is love. Spirit. Amen, brother. And that's right. And that's what, like, people, if we're lucky enough to have powerful women in our lives, and Tobias, quite frankly, uh, quite often, even though I don't need it, but he often reminds me of how lucky I am to have such powerful women in my life. Speak. Of which I've been so honored Speak. and blessed to have because it's the women who drive everything. Speak. It's the women who, you know, we believe that, you know, heaven's at the footstep of your mother. You know, it doesn't say heaven's at the footstep of the the, the mother who who takes care of you to 40 and loves on you and does all these things and pampers you. No, just for the mere fact that she bore you and she gave you life, that they carried you for nine exactly, that months. alone is it. So, but your mom that we speak about is someone who God gave you after birth, which is, I think is another just incredible blessing because she went, you know, I just, just in the last next few minutes, um, you know, do you, I mean, this conversation's been so awesome, man. This has been, you know, incredible. And as a matter of fact, you know, we, the past, unless you want to speak on something, we'll talk about that in your bio. We'll talk about that. You know, people have heard it in the intro, but yeah, you know, I want to, yeah. I'm just so proud of who you, who you're becoming and brother. Um, 
all I, you know, all I want to speak to is, is, is that purpose really quickly. And that's, you know, everyone will figure it out in some way, shape or form, some in this life, some in the next, but they'll figure it out. I figured it out, you know, fortunately at a very early age and it's not funny enough. It's not music. It's not, it's not the entertainment industry. It's not that that's just the start. And then that's just to, to, to kind of give that purpose a boost, you know, um, it's, it's an inner, inner world where I can make true change. And I know that that's, that's my purpose. And that's to go back to my own, to my homelands and, and, and create the ultimate, create as much change as I can individual. And, and so that's what I'm going to, that's, you know, look out for that, I suppose, is, is what I want to say to people is, you know, in about, in a few years time, you'll, you'll receive a very unexpected announcement that tells you that I, I'm just, I'm going back to the Middle East. I'm going back home and I'm, uh, and I'm yeah, in my life there and making the change that I think places like Africa and the Middle East have the enormous potential of achieving to become the glorious, I suppose the glory, the, 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 oh, hang on to become the incredible, incredible places they've always been once again, you know? And so that's, uh, that's kind of, I realized that that was my purpose to, to really, you know, bring myself back. And that was funny because I, I, I never actually thought I would even go in that direction. You know, I never, I never expected I would actually go in that direction. Not so much from a, from a religious point of view or, 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 anything like that just from a an individuality point of view to go back home and 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 to hear my people you know and to hear them and and see what they're see what they need and and be present i think i, I you know what i'll i'll end with this little story um if i can about and my mum doesn't really even know this until more recently where i told her years ago maybe i did tell her i couldn't remember but years and years ago um, a few couple Middle Eastern men showed up. I was, I was heading into court after getting a DUI. My mum was meeting me, and our version of a DUI. My mum was meeting me, and um, and I was in Melbourne, Australia. I was walking the court, and and before I walked in, I thought, you know, I'm going to sit outside for a minute. I'm a bit early. Mum's probably inside, but I just want to sit out here to figure out what I'm going to say, all this sort of stuff. And a couple of Middle Eastern guys rocked up, and. Um, one of them had a gun on him and, uh, and I wasn't sure what it meant. I wasn't sure what they were going to do, but they both kind of looked at me and they said, are you Emmanuel Kelly? I said, yeah. And then they go, and, but, and, and you used to go by Ali, Ali, Ali Mustafa. I said, yeah, that, that's, that's the, that's the name that was originally given to me. And then it was changed on Christmas day to Emmanuel. And they're like, Oh wow. Okay. I said, um, yeah. And they go, okay, cool. Well, um, we don't want to do what we're here to do. I said, what's, what's that? And they go, you don't, all you need to know is that you are not what we expected. And I can understand why there were, I can understand why there are signs in the Middle East with your name. And then they showed me some photos with your name and the words, imagine hope. And I was like, okay, now I'm 18, 19, right? So I'm looking at that going, yeah, right. That's, that's cool. And I kept walking, didn't actually, 
didn't actually see anything to it. I didn't expect anything to it. I didn't really, I didn't even know. And then weirdly enough, kind of last year, taking a step back, I, you know, I got messages from people and things like that. And for some reason, this story just kept coming up and I kept dreaming about this damn story. I kept dreaming about this moment that had happened. And I asked my girlfriend, I'm like, you know, I keep getting this weird dream every bloody night and it's, and I have no idea what it is. But the difference in this dream is instead of those men saying what they said, they pulled out a gun, they pointed it, they pulled the trigger, and then I woke up. And that's the dream every night. And it was just after her whole thing as well. And I couldn't explain it. But I kept asking myself. And then, you know, I went to this, I went to this event, this, I suppose, you know, then the, the, the elections happened and I went to this election thing and I performed and I learned about it. And I'm like, huh. And I kind of started realizing maybe I'm not living the purpose that I am because there's these people that are going for, change and trying to create change in the world but there's just so much evil and narcissism and 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 just sociopathic drives for power but there's no one out there that wants to really truly make change and truly make a difference except people like my mom except the anthony's of the world except the tobias's of the world and as an artist, that's great, but am I actually going to make that much of a difference except make a bunch of people happy and inspire them, right, to do something in their lives? Am I actually going to make some change? And so I realized, you know what, I think the only way I'm going to find that out is if I went back home for a while. Once I've achieved what I've achieved, go back home and find out what my people need, what do they want, and whatever that is, be there. You know, whether it's being in politics, whether it's, running for the damn country, whether it's whatever it is, right? Whether it's just being a humanitarian in that sense, building a bunch of schools, working, I don't know, but it's it's definitely going back home and learning and finding out. So, you know, if I have a plan and I believe I know what it is, but, you know, I, I the only way to fully be sure is is to go back home and uh, and begin that journey. And so it's it's going to be about a 10-year journey again 10 years 10 years seems to be a magic number so it's starting now obviously it's starting this 10th year and uh and it's a 10-year journey and I've already you know started mapping it and it's 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 probably the most exciting thing that's ever got me to feel you know I just you know when you set out something that you want to do and there's excitement and then there's this feeling of fulfillment. Like this will fulfill me. This will be what I, I, I want to do because I can make the maximum impact for my people and in turn for the world as well. Emmanuel, this is what I'm doing right now. And you've known me. I've had a ton of different You're projects, different, different opportunities. And this is the first time in my life where I feel fulfilled. You know, we talk about yeah. sometimes often about fateful moments that turn into faithful moments. Faithful yeah. moments, the day I met you. Faithful moments, the day I met him at a, at a, at a funeral on Christmas Eve. Faithful moments, the moment I met my wife in a taxi line, that turn into faithful moments. So that when we are going, so each day, each moment, each second, things can change drastically, you know, for what's the perceived good or bad. But it's 
all the things we talked about for the last hour, how we perceive these things. And, you know, they often say we plan and God plans, God laughs. So, so, so whether it's 10 years or 10, 10 months where you get to go back home or do these things. To the motherland. The, to the motherland. What I've been feeling energetically is I see all three of us. By the way, I see the three of us on stage. We've talked about this years ago about being on stage, brother. And we years ago. Years I, ago. I, and and I, when, I, when I said we need to get Emmanuel on the show, God is with it us. was, bro, it was with excitement, not like, oh, I've already talked to him. He'll do the show. Let's just get him on to get an episode done. No, brother, we went in this with this, this mindset this morning. Of, 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 of making this one of the best episodes. If we do 500, they're going to look, hey, they're going to rank them, and this is going to be one of the best. I already feel it. But I can never have imagined where you are today, bro. The healing that I sense from you, the place of where you're at today, God bless you and propel you to where you need to be, man, because you have become more of, I can tell you've been looking in the mirror quite a bit lately mm. because you have, you have, I see it, I feel it. You have, you're, you're going to be, not just opening. You're going to have your own <laughs> concert soon, brother. Like, there's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. So appreciate your time. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom and sharing your story. Good luck on your new tour with Coldplay. Tobias, we got to go. Oh, man, we going. Got to get the backstage mm-hmm. passes. <laughs> and for all those listening, please follow Emmanuel Kelly at B Emmanuel Kelly on social. Listen to his songs wherever you listen to your favorite music. Don't forget to check out new episodes every Monday. We're super excited about this. My name's Emmanuel Kelly. I'm Tony Samadani. I'm Tobias Tubbs. And we are Living Good Currency. Good Currency.